0: very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. You can say thanks for that, no, I'm not gonna say that. Okay. I, I did not thank you.
1: For that <laughs> <at all. laughs> hey, thanks for that, Sandra. Yeah. Oh, hey, welcome, hey, Lossom. back off, Lawson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, welcome everyone. Uh, today is Monday, September 19th, the day after the Emmys. So, in addition to sharing what we're feeling this week, we'll talk about the Emmys and our favorite badly reviewed movies. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves and tell the world who you are and who, in your opinion, has the craziest Emmy win. Sandra.
2: I'm Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And I think the craziest Emmy win happened um, last weekend when Cart Karaoke from James Corden beat Lemonade for Outstanding Variety Special. It's a sh- crying shame, is what I say a crying shame
1: i'm
0: in 100 percent disagreeance but whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you
2: <laughs> lawson
1: all right i'm lawson Soward, an art director from nashville tennessee and sandra stole mine that was the craziest upset i could not understand it for the life of me
0: well since lawson can't think of his own i'm gonna give him <laughs> one which <laughs> Thank will you, be Lucas. gwyneth paltrow's win for glee who would ever thought that she would win an emmy for
1: glee Instead of her blog?
2: That blog has provided so much entertainment <laughs> to the world. So know. She, she, she has a blog? Oh, Lucas, we can't get into goop today. That is oh. just a <laughs> whole conversation I'm not prepared to have.
0: Okay, fine. I'll Google it.
1: When We're a, spend $7,000 $7, on a smoothie. Goop week, is for next you. Next
2: week, we'll talk about goop, but not tonight.
0: All right. Sounds good uh and my and my pick has got to be hugh jackman he's been nominated four times for hosting the tonys and the oscars um and he won one of them but the fact that he hasn't been nominated for an actual acting role i think is insane he's that actually he doesn't do tv stuff at all i guess he he's the definition of a movie actor
2: yeah he doesn't deign to do television
0: i know but still four four nominations just for hosting things i think I mean, it's insane he's
2: it's that insane. good of a host
0: he is that he good. is a phenomenal host he should host the Emmys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they, they wouldn't have him because he doesn't appear on TV.
0: <laughs> that, that's true. Very true. <laughs> All right. Um, well, every week we like to talk about something we've discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. So let's talk about what we're feeling. Lawson, what are you feeling this week?
1: Yeah. So this week I was very excited because my parents came in town and I haven't seen them in a while. And, uh... One of my favorite activities to do with my parents is to go to the movies. And it's just always been a very big thing with my family. We love going to the movies on holidays and we um, would always sit around uh, the couch and watch like Turner Classic movies and all that kind of stuff whenever I was growing up. So I know that's the case for probably a lot of listeners and probably you guys too, Um, but it's just always a ton of fun. So whenever they were in town this weekend, there wasn't really a movie that we wanted to see. But it was a great uh, excuse when we saw that a classic movie was playing at our local art house cinema, The Belcourt, to go there for the first time since it was remodeled. And it looks beautiful. If you are visiting Nashville, I highly recommend stopping by The Belcourt. They always have amazing movies and their venue is just completely gorgeous now. Um, So whenever we looked into movie times and everything, we saw that there was uh, a showing of all the president's men. which is a 1976 movie about the Watergate scandal, um, starring Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. And it was so good, you guys. It was not a movie... It's one of those that's kind of a... A lot of people consider it a classic. Um, You know, very well received in its time and has only become more accoladed uh, with the passing of time. And it was just really, really good. It was um, a very long movie. It was over two hours long and very little happens. Like, it was um, really slow in a lot of parts, um, but did a masterful job of uh, building suspense and building the stakes and making you really believe these characters. It was so interesting to see Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman so much younger. Um, They were just phenomenal actors during that movie and even more, you know, they have this incredible career now, but seeing them when they were both, like, really young like that was was incredible. Um, The direction was outstanding, the decision to uh, use extremely long shots um, for certain things. I think it's probably pretty iconic at this point. I I feel like I'm playing catch-up, but there's um, whenever they go to meet one of their informants, they do it at the bottom floor of a a parking garage. And there are these uh, really wide shots just showing the entire parking garage and showing Robert Redford walking down every single flight of stairs. And it's just beautifully framed and beautifully lit and that kind of thing that kind of makes you feel as he's walking down kind of the depths and seediness of what's going on, and that he's descending into the real um, difficulty of the story and of the conspiracy that he's unraveling. And just uh, little nods like that throughout the movie um, were just completely gorgeous. So I it's hard to say that it is a current pop culture pick, but um, it's really a fantastic movie and I couldn't help but take the opportunity to uh, endorse it, again, for anyone who has not seen it yet. um, It's one of those kind of movies that they don't make very much anymore, just tons of talking, tons of character development, really engaging plot, um, and no real special effects or anything, but just an incredible, incredible uh, script, masterfully acted, masterfully directed. Highly recommend All the President's Men.
0: Yeah, that is a fantastic movie. I don't think I've seen it in, like, a long... I haven't seen it in a long, long time,
1: but um, now you're making me want to go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it was one of those that I'd heard was great, and I was glad that I finally got a chance to see it. And seeing it on the big screen was really cool, too. You could tell kind of the the faded Polaroids of the, of the reel were coming through, and it made it feel all very, you know, gritty and
0: aged. Yeah, that that's one of those cool things that you can do at like art house theaters is actually see some of those old movies and really movies that you probably wouldn't see or rent if you were just kind of like sitting at home. Um, but you actually get to see them in a theater, in a crowd, um, which is really exciting. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, totally. It's one of those things where I, my parents had come over just to, you know, hang out. We never would have been like, what do you want to do? We could go get food. We could watch all the president's men. Like it's <laughs> such a random pick, but I was, I yeah. was very excited that the Belcourt was playing it. So we got a chance to watch it. And then talk to my folks afterwards about, like, you were live when that happened. What was that like? So it's really cool. And I also want to encourage people. It's a great, if you go back and watch old movies about current events or politics or anything uh, from back in the day, it's a great opportunity to talk to people in your life that were live back then and get their take on it. Because he, whenever he was talking about it, my parents, my mom and my dad, they were like, the moon landing was a big deal, but I don't remember that. The Watergate scandal being such a big deal because it kind of came out in In waves, and so, you know, didn't hit like this huge thing all at once. And he was young too, but um, it's just, it's really interesting. The movie does a great job of showing how they make, you know, a small story by another story by another story by another story until the whole thing finally unfolds. And um, at least from my parents' perspective, that kind of, you know, that was their experience. It felt like little by little by little, and so it didn't like all slam out onto the scene at once. Sandra, what have you been feeling this week? Yeah.
2: I'm feeling a lot of things this week. Um, As you'll know, (laughs) I'm only going to talk about one. I just want to say, though, that I am drowning in new television for the fall season, and that's just the way I like it. Um, So there are so many different TV shows that I consider talking about this week, but I'm kind of thinking that before i start bringing up brand new tv shows on the podcast i want to spend a few weeks with them so um for any of you that are listening that are like i can't believe she hasn't talked about such and such show it's probably because i'm (laughs) just like gonna give it a few weeks so i have a lot of stuff to say about it
0: absolutely
2: yeah so um but be prepared for like the next two months just my picks to be tv shows (laughs) um That being said, my pick this week is a podcast called The Badge. It's hosted by two friends of mine, Josh Tumblin and Grant Scott. Their podcast is about geek culture. It's video games, comic books, um, movies, TV that's all kind of like tied in together. They're two very funny guys that really know what they're talking about, and they have a really, really great dynamic with each other because they're just best friends that... Um, riff and have a lot of fun while doing this podcast i love listening to it each week especially because i love their dynamic um and recently they started doing a segment about a tv show called girl meets world i'm are you all familiar with this disney channel show
0: oh of course familiar in the fact that i know that it's a thing okay
2: right so (laughs) Uh, yeah
0: i haven't watched it but yeah i'm
2: assuming we all were big boy meets girl fans or boy meets world fans excuse me Yes, that... I'm... absolutely. Okay, so, so was I. I own all of the seasons on DVD. I loved that show. Yep. So when I heard that Girl Meets World was becoming a thing and that Corey and Topanga were going to be in it and it was going to be a continuation of this family, um, I was really curious about what this show would be like. And I'd have always, i always meant to check it out. And then I just never made time to because it's a Disney Channel show and it was never a priority for me. Yep. Well, Josh, one of the hosts on the, on the Badge podcast, binged all of Girl Meets World and um, tweeted Jeez. about it a ton, had a lot of really funny thoughts about it. And because he watched the whole show, Grant, his co-host, co-hosts decided to get started on it as well and that started a weekly segment on their podcast called grant meets girl meets world and they (laughs) started episode one and they're just going episode by episode reviewing um girl meets world and it has been so fun to listen to because this first season of girl meets world is a little insane Um, in a fun way, but still insane. And the guys have a lot of really funny things to say about it. So I started watching Girl Meets World because they were talking about it on the podcast. And I wanted to keep up with the conversation. Um, I started tweeting at them about it and I was really, really honored that they invited me to be a guest on their podcast, um, to talk about Girl Meets World, we had had some Twitter conversations about which characters we shipped with each other, which ones we wanted to be in relationships, and um, they had me on for a shipping-focused episode where we reviewed episode eight of season one of Girl Meets World, and I had such a blast. Um, so if you are have any like mild interest in Girl Meets World, I would recommend you just watch episode eight, you don't need to watch <laughs> the first one. I mean, you can if you want to get into it. I, I think you should. But I don't think you'll be like incredibly confused if you just like turn on episode eight. It's on Netflix. Um, and then tune in for this episode of the Badge podcast. I believe it's going to be posted this week. It should be episode 66 of their podcast. And you'll get to hear yours truly going in deep about the romantic lives of these, like, seventh grade characters.
0: <laughs> Woo-woo. <laughs> no, so um, I'm assuming that the Badge podcast is not normally focused on Girl Meets World.
2: Like I said, correct? it's like a weekly segment for them. The majority okay, of their conversation segment. is about video games, comics, movies, television. Um, but G- Girl Meets World has become a regular feature in their show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Slowly um, eclipsing all.
2: And I can't express enough how much of a good time I had on their show, and how funny these guys are, and what a blast we had. So um, I really recommend everyone tuning in for that.
0: Sweet, sounds great. Thank you for that, Sandra. That's awesome. I'll definitely, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Even yeah. though I'm not, I'm not interested in actually watching Girl Meets World. I am very interested to see what people have to say about it
2: lucas so. i really do think you're gonna enjoy it even if you don't watch the episode i really what i'm think afraid i'm afraid
0: listening to you guys talk about it is gonna make me want to watch the oh, episode really will which i am not looking forward to <laughs> so so keep that in mind if i'm feeling girl ne- girl meets world next week it is entirely your fault so
2: i'll own up to that
0: okay well cool Uh, Well, what I'm feeling this week is going back to Lawson's Pick, another old movie. Um, I watched 12 Angry Men, the 1957 uh, movie produced by Henry Fonda. He was really the kind of driving force behind that movie. Um, And I I love bottle episodes and TV shows. Um, And if you love bottle episodes and TV shows and bottle, they're not really bottle. I guess I don't know what you'd call them. They're not bottle movies. Just like single location like movies. Lo- single location movies like The Breakfast Club, um, Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. Those are kind of two, I think two of the more iconic ones along with Twelve Angry Men. Um, those I think are those movies are just so fascinating because they are all about character, all about the conversations that happen. Um, and it takes fantastic writing and fantastic directing to keep you interested um, in, a, in a full movie like that. And I think 12 Angry Men does it the best. I think it's it's 12 guys in a room. You don't even know these people's names. It's just jurors. So it's really one, one juror, played by Henry Fonda, um, attempts to convince the rest of the jurors that maybe there is a... Um, a sliver of doubt, um, and to kind of reconsider the evidence, um, in this case that they're, that they're, uh, that they're jurors on. And so it's all about, you, you don't even really know anything about the case. They just kind of walk into this room and they start having these discussions. So through the discussions, you're finding out, um, exactly what the case is, who's involved, what happened. Um, and it's a really, really, really fantastically written movie. Um, you're engaged the entire time. There's a ton of drama and for you to keep interested in 12 characters for that long <laughs> is fantastic. And you, you, you know, all of their personalities and their little quirks. Um, and really all you have to go on about their background is their, their, their job titles. Cause they do, most of them do end up talking about that a little bit. Um, but it's really just what's happening in that room at the time. So have you guys seen 12 angry men?
2: Yeah, I sure haven't.
1: I, Love it. It's one of my favorite movies. It's one of the first movies that made me realize that I, rather than just being like, oh, I like movies because I go and, you know, popcorn, like realizing that there was an art to it and that there was really intense, like, excellent writing and performing and all those things that were involved. um, That had a lot to do with when I saw it. It was, you know, when I was uh, (laughs) starting to get more critical thought instead of just, you know, being a kid where my parents take me to the movies. But yeah, you're right. All of those things have to be 100% on their game to be able to make something that minimal, that bare bones work. Like, um, when everything's that stripped down, there's no place to hide. And that movie is just incredible. And the Amy Schumer parody of it is also really hilarious, so.
0: That is true.
1: That <laughs> I'm is a true. fan of she all things. I I have Benjamin. seen that. <laughs> 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 I thought you might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well. Off that note, Sandra, you should definitely go back and watch Twelve Angry Men because it right, makes right. it makes her bit even funnier. And uh, it it's does. Really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it got nominated in the 1958 Oscars. It got nominated for best writing, uh, screenplay. Yeah, best writing, screenplay, best director, and best picture. Um, uh, it didn't win any of them. I forget. Oh, oh gosh. It. Yeah. So it lost to the Bridge of the River River Kwai. So in like that piece of crap that I know. Right. So, (laughs) so of all the years for it to come out, I feel like it would have won all the Oscars if it had been any other year. But, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it is a, it is a fantastic movie. I would definitely recommend seeing it. It, it does a really good job of, um, talking about just perspectives and just how to have different perspectives. And there's a, there's a little bit in there that they, where they discuss, um, prejudice and stuff like that and it's i i feel like it's a very it's a it's a timely movie um at that specific time but i also think it works very well for the time period that we're in
1: too so
0: go watch 12 angry men
1: that's crazy that was something that i meant to say about um about, all the, president's about all the president's men, too.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> like, sorry, guys, order, nothing yeah, is <laughs> new. Nothing nope, is ever new.
1: Absolutely
0: not. So we are still <laughs> in the same predicaments.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, your host for tonight's Emmys, Jimmy Kimmel.
0: Last night, In LA, the 2016 Emmy Awards were hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Did you guys watch it? Yes or no? I did. You did? Yes. How did you watch it?
2: I watched it classic with an antenna on a TV.
0: Oh my goodness. Really? I sure
2: did. That's how. How did you do that? (laughs) I only ever watch live TV pretty much if it's an award show. Um, Yeah. And so that's the only times I really watch. Extended commercials. It's the only time I tune in for live T V and like live T V Twitter. Um, there are a few exceptions. Maybe the Super Bowl, if Beyonce Mm -hmm. has an HBO special, those kind of things. (laughs) But um pretty much. Wait, not James
1: Corden in the car, but if Beyonce has a special, you'll tune. Right,
2: right. So but pretty much (laughs) Emmys, Grammys, um, Oscars, those are when I tune in. VMAs, Mm -hmm. those kind of things.
0: Yeah. I was also planning on doing that exact same thing, antenna, antennaing, if that's a verb. Right. Um, <laughs> but I found out that you could stream it on the Apple TV through the ABC app, which I didn't know until I tried it. <laughs> but so there... I watched it. I watched it live through the Apple TV.
2: Is there like a reason why that's better than doing it through an antenna?
0: It's in it's HD. Just, it's it's in yeah oh. high definition.
2: Oh, I see. I see. I yeah. see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was just easier than trying to figure out how to use my antenna that I've, like, never used.
2: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: but I yeah. thought it was really cool because I think that's something that uh, NBC could take a hint with, uh, with the Oscars and yeah, things like that. If, if if they just – even word of mouth, if it just came out that, like, hey, these things are going to be able to be streamed you know, through our apps and things like that easily – Mm-hmm. um oh my gosh they'd get so many more people watching these things
2: you might they might do that you know they did that with the olympics this year so
0: that's true it might so be this, something this could they, be the year
2: yeah that they start taking advantage of although mm-hmm. i will say that this was the lowest emmy viewing that they've had in like ever
0: true um, true but that's because that they didn't tell people that you could watch it through the app
2: uh, that might <laughs> next, be but that goes year, for next year man <laughs> pretty much all award shows that have been happening recently the vma has had their lowest um like record viewing in a long time and they i did promote the fact that you could watch it live stream Mm. um people just don't tune in for award shows anymore which um is really really intriguing to me
0: yeah i am interested to see how if that carries out through the rest of award season with the oscars and everything um or if People just don't care about the smaller awards and the Oscars is just their Super Bowl
1: event now. So, well, I like, it's probably a lot of it is because of people like me who I couldn't make it. Like I couldn't watch it. I don't have a DVR. And so I, afterwards I just watched all of like the opening and the monologue and all the best of moments, uh, on YouTube the next day. And it was great. Like, I feel like I caught up on all the things I missed out on the Twitter experience, but, um, a lot of things were really, really well done and I thought were really cool and I was really glad that I didn't have to miss out on them just because I had plans that night. Yeah, I do, I, so,
2: you know, go for uh, it. Let Let me just touch on the show itself before we get yeah. into the individual winners. Um, I had a really great time. Part of that is because I was so happy about who won and there were <laughs> a lot of really great acceptance speeches because of that. But yep. also, you know, I went into this show not really being excited about watching the Emmys, not in the way that I am about like the Oscars or the VMAs or, um, I just expected it to be kind of boring It's because the Emmys is the only one of the award shows that doesn't have like big musical numbers or like Mm -hmm. really entertaining acts in between awards. Um, and I was surprised at how much fun I had. I, they, I feel like Jimmy Kimmel isn't always my taste, but when he is, I think he does a really good job. And he, one of my favorite things about him hosting was that he really kept things moving. I feel he did. like his like attitude of just being like, I mean, this isn't that big of a deal. Let's just keep, you know, quick little joke, mm-hmm. move it on. I really appreciated that. Um, so Definitely. I, I had a really good time with it a show as a whole. But then, like you said, Lucas, with winners, I was so excited by all the people that won this night. Um I it just kept happening for almost every um category. They would announce the nominees and I would think, oh, if only this person could win it. And then they would win it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. It's, yeah, I I think, and again, I say this every single time, like, we're in peak TV, like, everything that's nominated is fantastic, and you have so much good, good content to choose from, and they really are nominating, I think, people who deserve to be nominated, Mm -hmm. Um, and the people who win are just the cream of the crop that year, it's just whoever whoever rise to this to the top in public opinion because he made he made a lot of like jokes about like, hey, we're not the Academy Awards. Hey, this is not the Oscars. And I feel like that like people really took that to heart this year in their voting. Like, like we are voting for people that we love. We're not voting for people who are, you know, Emmy worthy people like we're voting for the performances that like stood out to us a lot. Um, And that that really came through. And I think people were super excited about it.
2: I think part of what added to that joy of watching was looking at like five just amazing nominees in each category mm-hmm. and kind of realizing like I'm going to be happy whoever wins for exactly. a lot of these.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. I, th-
2: I can't be disappointed by this.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Lawson, what was your what was your favorite? I mean I, I don't know exactly how much of this you watched, but like of the actual
1: right like,
0: I guess
2: what were there any specific speeches that like you specifically watched because they stood out on YouTube or people were recommending them?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, there was one second. Let me figure it out. Who was, who is the director of the episode of transparent?
2: Oh, um, Jill. Is it Jill? I think
0: Jill
1: Soloway.
2: Yes. Jill Soloway. Yes.
1: Her speech was amazing. It was very, very good. And at the end when it was, um, She does that whole like topple the patriarchy thing. It was great. It was great to see that on, you know, knowing that that had aired on primetime television. And it like had this crazy different resonance for me after watching all the president's men, strangely, or because (laughs) in that movie, it opens showing uh, the house of representatives and like Nixon walking in for the uh, state of the union address. And Lindsay and I leaned over to each other whenever we saw it, and it was 100% white men Yeah, in mm-hmm. the 60s, yeah. like, realizing, yeah. oh, no, that's the that's the legislating body of the country. That's when my parents were alive, and it was all white men. So just, like, the fact that these um, shows are changing things and that there are people on stage in positions of influence saying these things, I was just, I, I like, it really, really affected me. I really liked Jeffrey Tambor's speech too, whenever he was like, I would love to be the last, uh, cisgender man to play a trans woman. Um, and, uh, who I'm trying to think of all who all else. Um,
2: I do want to, while you're thinking, Lawson, I want to bring up Jill Soloway's speech one more time. Um, when she said, you know, topple the patriarchy, I loved her speech. And then as soon as she was done, her last phrase was topple the patriarchy. (laughs) The reaction shot had me dying with laughter because it was Patton Oswalt, like, smiling. You could tell he really enjoyed it. And then yeah. Patton Oswalt's brother right next to him with these eyes that were like, oh, boy. <laughs> and it was just the funniest reaction shot. Whoever was directing the Emmys last night was killing it with their reaction shots that they were panning Oh, my to. gosh.
1: The um, shot whenever they like when Jimmy Kimmel trolled everybody saying that Bill Cosby was about to come out and everyone was like, Oh yeah, it was all reaction shots and
0: everyone's kind Um, of panicked moment of, Oh my gosh, is this actually about to happen? There was also (laughs) a
2: fun camera moment where the camera operator, I don't know if any of y'all noticed this, but Tom Hiddleston presented an award. And as soon as Tom Hiddleston (laughs) was done speaking, the camera operator pan to, um, John Mayer performing in yep. the, in, below the yep. stage. <laughs> just so much shade. I loved it so much.
1: Oh, my gosh. What a swift decision.
2: Uh, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. no,
0: yes. no, no. <laughs>
1: Um.
2: Yeah, so so I just want to give props to whoever was directing last night's at because <laughs> they did it really, really, really well. Um, oh, yeah. I also want to point out that Jill Soloway – um, one for outstanding directing for a comedy series. And then, um, what is her name? It is one second. I'm going to find it. Um, Suzanne Byer won outstanding mm-hmm. directing for a limited series for the night manager. And, um, so there were four directing awards last night and half of them went to women. And so that was really, really exciting. Um, um, I just wanted to point Half the out. population,
1: half the award. That really makes sense. <laughs>
2: there
1: you go. <laughs> um, I will,
2: they were the only women nominated in their categories. So, you know, yep. we could do some more with the nominees. But I yep. love the fact that both of them won <laughs> yeah. their respective That's, categories. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. awesome. Sarah Paulson's speech, I also loved the fact that she was there and she was able to talk about, like, I was alive in the OJ when the OJ trial was happening and I made all these snap judgments and now I can publicly say... You're an amazing person, and I'm so sorry, and we are all so sorry. That just the felt fact like... To Marsha Clark. The yeah, fa- to Marsha
0: The fact that Sarah Paulson was nominated for playing Marsha Clark and then brought Marsha Clark to the Emmys, like, that's, that's amazing.
2: It was. Chance. I feel like we're
0: at a point where that in itself is beautiful like that we're we can we can we can have this kind of conversation with Mark, marcia clark again as a country and right. basically apologize and for everything that happened the,
2: the episode that won for writing was the oh, Marsha Marsha episode
0: yeah it was her episode yeah so yeah we've all uh marcia we all apologize. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, <laughs> Her, you win.
2: <laughs> all of the um, American Crime Story cast members that won last night had really incredible speeches. Mm-hmm. I, for me, those were the highlights of the night was seeing those three actors win. Um, they, we, I love their performances in American Crime Story. I was blown away by that show. And those mm-hmm. speeches were just like an extension of how incredible of performers they are. Um, they were
0: Yeah. So we had we had Sterling K, Sterling K. Brown
2: mm-hmm. for
0: best supporting actor. Which might be my favorite um,
2: speech of the night.
0: Absolutely. That was that was fantastic. Oh and I didn't then, see that one. Oh,
2: you, 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 look you, it you should
0: definitely go back and watch that. He Deal. he gives a fantastic and that that's what he started the uh
2: Rock My Chain.
0: The, yeah, the woman who rocks my chain. Yeah, that's, the Jay Z lyric. Oh yeah, that's a, so.
2: yeah. oh, yeah, nice.
0: a Jay Z lyric? Okay, I didn't know where that came from, but Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's a it's a Jay Z Beyonce <laughs> reference.
0: Got it. (laughs) Um, And then Courtney B. Vance, um, his speech also was for Outstanding Actor for playing a... um, Who did he
2: play? Johnny Cochran. Johnny
0: Cochran, yeah, for playing Johnny
2: Cochran. Yes, okay,
1: I saw a supercut of rock my chain, like portions of speeches, but I did not see his whole speech. That's awesome. Yes.
0: So yeah, he started that last night and then everybody else picked it up. So (laughs) it was fun.
2: Um, (laughs) It was also, I texted you all this during the middle of the show, a really big night for lesbians, a lot of lesbians Mm -hmm. winning Emmys last night. Um, And so that was also really exciting. We had, um, we had Jill Soloway winning for directing. We had Sarah Paulson winning and we had um, Kate McKinnon winning the supporting actress role Mm. for her work on Saturday Night Live. Um, There
0: was a producer as well.
2: Yes, I was going to mention that. I'm glad you did. There was a producer who, I don't remember who who she (laughs) was, what show she was on, but it was one of those things where, Someone accepts the award and then a second person gets to speak and then sh- she was the third person that went to the mic and then, you know, the camera cuts away. But before it did, we got to hear her thanking her wife. Um, and so that was also just another great addition. Um, but Kate McKinnon's win for SNL, that was one of my other favorite wins of the night just because she seemed so affected by it. Like, yeah. truly shocked and emotional and, um, and I adore her. So I was really really happy to see her win and she thanked Hillary Clinton in her speech um her and um Courtney Vance mentioned Hillary Clinton in their speeches nice so yeah Kate
1: McKinnon is a shining star in what has been in my opinion a little bit dimmer sky for SNL lately she's just so great I'm so so happy for her
2: yeah um I also want to mention that Tatiana Maslany won best actress. Yes. And that
0: About Time. about yeah, Time. <laughs> I don't
2: I, I haven't watched much Orphan Black, but from what I have seen of her on that show, this is a long overdue award. So incredibly excited. Like about it that. seems
1: like she should have an unfair advantage. Right. She'd be like, "Yeah, I get to she show doesn't. all this range, and everyone else just gets to do one character." Like I'm amazed that it took her this lo- that it took them this long to award her for it.
0: Yeah, for so for those who don't watch Earth from Black, Tatiana's, Tatiana Maslany plays I think like six different characters, and that's always kind of updating depending on the show. But it's a show um, about clones. Wh- and it's, so- about, it's about clones exactly, and she plays all of the clones. Um, and and each character has their own idiosyncrasies, each you know accents. their own style, their own look, accents. Yeah, and she does it all, and it definitely I. Have watched that show and felt like I was watching different people. Right. It, I like there have been times when I did not really actually think that it was her in all of these. One so. thing
2: that I think is so impressive about her performance on that show, and that being this being said, I've only seen like uh like half of season one. I I didn't keep mm-hmm. up with it. But one thing that was so cool was the clones are sometimes impersonating each other. You know, one of the mm-hmm. clones like yeah. dresses a different clone and then go out into the world. And you can tell by her performance when one clone is impersonating another clone. Like, it's not, she doesn't just play (laughs)
1: that character, that
2: new character. She plays character A impersonating character B. And it is so subtle and so just immaculate. I I love it.
0: Yeah. She, uh, yeah, long, long deserved. And I'm so glad that she finally uh, got her dues here. So, um, the, oth- the other thing I'd like to talk about is the, I guess one of, one of the, one of the big ones but besides, uh, outstanding lead actress is lead actor. Mm-hmm. The fact that, uh, that Remy Malik won, um, and Vanity Fair had a really good article about how for the last, I think 18 years or so, all, everyone who's won that, that category has been like a white male anti-hero and <laughs> it's, it's always like <laughs> You know, bad, bad, bad guys who we love, who are white and powerful. Right. Um, and this is the first time that we've had a, um, a non-white person who's not really, you know, not a confident, you know, really criminal kind of guy. Right. <laughs> um, and it's it's kind of refreshing, and it seems to be like a way that TV is kind of turning, um, just down a different direction, which is really cool.
2: Absolutely. Other acting awards that went out last night that I thought were interesting was that both the best supporting actor and the best actor in comedy went to men that are playing women on their TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. We had Jeffrey oh, Tamar, yeah. um for Louis Transparent Anderson. and Louis, Louis Anderson. Anderson for Baskets. Yeah. Um, and so all four characters in the comedy category were female characters.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's true. I didn't think
1: about that. Y'all, it's a that's great crazy. time for women in comedy.
2: <laughs> I mean, we'll see.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was joking because of how many headlines are written that way. Oh, okay. Good okay. okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Good,
2: good, um, good, good. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, just I had a great night. I, could, I was very surprised at what a Sorry, I'm just still
1: was. reeling from how polite you guys were just then. Go ahead. <laughs> oh,
2: that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, I love TV more than I love movies nowadays, so I should have been more excited about the Emmys than, than I typically am for the Oscars. Yeah. and I'm glad that like this sh- award show proved why I love TV so much.
0: Mm-hmm. So the big, the big winners of the night, um, People versus O.J. Simpson and mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, not so much as it could have been, but ob- overall, Game of Thrones is now the highest highest what is it highest award winning the the show with the most awards whatever (laughs) um besides i think snl but the 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 most scripted awards
2: i wonder how how it compares to veep because veep has gotten quite a few as well
0: it it has but uh i think um what is it game of thrones broke the sopranos no not the sopranos It broke somebody's record last night. (laughs)
1: They're like, you get one Emmy for every main character death.
0: Exactly. Do y'all watch Game of Thrones? (laughs) So, I do. I do.
1: I have stopped keeping up with it. What I do now is I wait until the season's over, and then I watch the recap, like, 20-minute thing on YouTube to continue. Because I watched several seasons and really liked it, but then just didn't have room in my life for stuff that dark. So I still want to know who wins the Game of Thrones, but (laughs) I'm not watching it (laughs) week to week. Which is no, a shame because I, I heard this last season is everything.
2: I keep up with it via gifs of the female characters on Tumblr, so I know what's going <laughs> on in their character arcs. But none oh, there. you guys,
0: you guys stress me out so much. The show is great, guys. Watch the show. I,
1: no, I heard this past season is just one of the best. It's like, all the it's, best season it, of the uh, show.
0: It it definitely is. It definitely is. But I am a uh, I am deep in the camp of Game of Thrones. So. so
2: next book, year, book reader, spoiled. <laughs> next year, Lucas, Game of Thrones won't be eligible for the Emmys. So there's Correct. a gap year where anyone could take over. It's gonna be really exciting. Why is Game uh, of
1: Thrones not eligible Oh, is it because it's premiering later?
2: Because it's, yeah. just yeah. just yeah. so so it's they're taking later. a longer gap.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: Next year, next year, we're not going to have the powerhouse People vs. O.J. Simpson. Well, we will have another American Crime Story. Right. Um, but it won't be People vs. O.J. Simpson. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, we probably won't have um, Mr. Robot nominated as much as it was from what people are saying. It's not the second season two is not as good. Um but with game of thrones and the people for soj simpson not in the running what things do you think will kind of spring to the front we have netflix stuff that you know just comes out of nowhere like stranger things um I think that could that could jump in there. I also think Fargo could take a bigger I was gonna role say, than it did this year. I hear
2: I don't watch no. Fargo, but I hear from a lot of people that people if... Fargo. I know, good. I really need to. Mm-hmm. I really do want to. But um, I hear from a lot of people that if American Crime Story hadn't aired this season, that Fargo mm-hmm. would have swept everything because Absolutely. it's so amazing. Absolutely, without so a doubt. So maybe next season, um, the new American Crime Story won't be quite as magnificent and Fargo will get its day in the sun.
0: I, I'm kinda hoping so. Although they're uh they've they've said they're doing the Katrina story and that they've uh, picked up Courtney B. Vance again yeah, to play another so character.
2: That's, so that's...
0: It could yeah. we could be back to American Draft <laughs> <Right. laughs>
1: Yeah, I think Stranger Things is gonna get a lot of great recognition. Um, at least in nominations. I don't know how much the mm-hmm. win with uh, right. the being that far removed from the buzz at that point. Yeah. Um but I also I mean FX is doing so well with so many things and i think for me anyway i would feel like there's some overdue nominations that would have some room to get in there um and several of their shows could get into the category of either drama or comedy so i'm interested to see uh if uh better things or atlanta or any of these shows end up uh in the mix along with you know their Mm -hmm. their fx older siblings american crime story and horror story
2: i definitely expect some sort of directing nomination for Atlanta um, in the next year. That's my early bet. Yeah,
0: definitely, yes. Things things I want to see more representation of next year is Better Call Saul, Atlanta, You're the Worst, and Crazy Ex-Girlfriends.
2: Yeah, I would absolutely. love to see those.
1: Yep. Right. Crazy it's, Ex-Girlfriend is such a marvel. Like, I don't know how that isn't nominated for more awards.
2: No, I really, really would love to see at least a leading female nomination for yeah. for. Um, Rebecca Bl- for no Rachel Bloom. I always do that. I always Bunch, oh Rachel gosh, Blame. it's too close. Yeah. But for Rachel Bloom, close. I really think yeah. that is there that would be really helpful.
1: Is there yeah. a musical category? No. no, they should make a musical category just so that they have like a just uncontested so one, win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> this just is how hard show. this is, guys. You can come yeah. and compete with us, but you're gonna <laughs> yeah. have to do what we do every week. Yeah, well, we shall see.
0: All right, anybody have anything else about the Emmys?
2: Nope. TV rules.
1: TV rules. If you didn't watch them, go catch up on the internet. It's super easy. Absolutely.
2: Do it before it gets taken down from
1: YouTube.
2: Seriously. looking through movies that were rated very poorly because we had talked on the podcast previously about how I don't really trust the Rotten Tomatoes system. I think that just because a movie has a low score doesn't mean it's a bad movie or that it shouldn't be watched. It just means that not everyone loved this movie. Um, so I decided to make a list for my Letterboxd account called 30 Movies I Like Rated Under 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I, these are thirty movies that all are twenty nine percent or lower, um, which I consider to be a very low score. If I was, mm-hmm. if my friends and I had just heard about a movie and we saw that it was rated under thirty percent, there's no chance we're watching that movie that night. You Suicide know, Suicide Squad. <laughs> that is that would be <laughs> one of them. Um, but I feel like a lot of times with friends, if a movie is under like sixty percent, that nobody wants to give it a shot. You know? Um,
0: yeah, true. And
2: going through these movies, I was really shocked by a lot of movies that I really enjoy that were rated so low. And you know, most of these are movies that I would have never imagined to be rated high on Rotten Tomatoes. But the scores that they got really confounded me. Um, And so that kind of sparked this conversation topic for us, where we decided to Um, each go around and talk about what movies do we like or love um, that are really poorly reviewed. Um, Lucas, what did you find for yourself?
0: Okay, so I have no idea where you guys' movies stack up on Rotten Tomatoes, but my movie is a 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is extremely low, and I had no idea it was this low. But it's uh, 2005's Electra.
2: Right. Have Jennifer Have you guys Garner. Have you
0: guys seen that? Yeah, Jennifer Garner. I haven't, I haven't seen that. it.
2: But I think I, never would, saw it. I would I would want to check it out if it came if I came across it.
0: Guys, it is one of the not one of the first movies I bought on DVD, but one of the first movies I bought on DVD for like 5 bucks in like a in a discount bin. Um because oh, those it because it was so good. and I, and I'd already seen the movie and I and I bought the and I bought the DVD. Um but it is I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'll say this: it is fantastic for what it is. Uh, it's the start of a cinematic universe, which hadn't really happened before for superhero movies. In fact, it's not even like classified at the time as a superhero movie. It's like an action adventure movie, which I think is hilarious nowadays because superhero is itself a genre. Right. Um, but really, all it had to build off of was like, you know, Blade movies and, um, yeah, Spy. The I think one Spider Man had come out, maybe two. Um, but the fact that they were able to spin off a Daredevil movie, which didn't get great reviews into a, a female led superhero movie on its own was amazing. Like that, that would never happen today at all. Um, and I, I kind of love that movie. I, I loved the, uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil as well, um, but the fact that it's a spin-off movie with its own character and it's all someone that I feel like when we watched the movie, we all kind of really wanted to learn more about and because she doesn't get a whole lot of screen time in Daredevil um, and that we're able to kind of jump into her world, which is very different from kind of the gritty um, world of Daredevil. It's a lot more a lot more magic and um, a lot more Eastern influence, um, but it's, it's really good for a comic book movie. I was really surprised that it was rated solo on Rotten Tomatoes
2: yeah i that is a movie that i would definitely check out in fact now that you've mentioned it i might just go look that up and watch it um i love jennifer garner so much
0: she's fantastic and she does a fantastic job too
2: lawson what are you what about you what did you um figure out was (laughs) incredibly poorly reviewed even though you like (laughs) it
1: um well i don't know if you guys remember uh the like i also did a, a Franchise. There were a couple that I put together on my list, but um, The Mummy Returns had 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's high. That's high, man. I I have lower ones if you want me to talk into it, but. I mean, you can bring up those as well. Yeah, so there were some other ones that I really liked. Small Soldiers was 48%, Billy Madison was 46%, Home Alone only has 54%. These are all
2: mid-range.
1: Okay, a
0: low-rated movie.
2: All right.
1: (laughs) Here are my bombshells. My two lowest-rated movies. I'll just go straight to my lowest-rated movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we want. (laughs) Okay.
1: Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Did you guys ever see that?
0: No. Yes, yes, I did. Okay, so... What is it
1: rated? 11%. There we go.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: (laughs) this movie... Was so poorly received, and I haven't seen it in so long, and so I, I'm have no idea whether or not it holds up. But the premise of this movie is taking old uh, kung fu films and like just very uh, unknown kung fu films or unknown within the United States. Take he took like the director of this movie took three or four different ones. Sl- sl- uh, took them and kind of did a supercut, putting them all together, taking characters from each of these things and kind of weaving them together into a brand new movie, and then redubbed all of the voices himself, making an entirely new plot, and then green screened himself into the movie as a brand new character, and so that he would line up and match with everything else he said lines that didn't line up with his actual dialogue and then redubbed himself. So all of his lines in the actual recording of it are like, fire hydrant, 87 horses, go to the left. Like all these things that make no sense, but when he'll be talking to a character and be like, I'm so glad I can see you again. So his mouth doesn't line up with the words the same way that everyone else in the film doesn't line up. So just the fact that he put this, had this idea, spent all these hours cobbling all these things together, and then put himself into it with green screen that... I mean, it's a cheesy movie, so it didn't have to work perfectly, but, like, worked pretty well. I thought it was so funny at the time. There were plenty of... I mean, I was, like, I mean, in middle school whenever I first saw it, so I'm sure there are things that wouldn't hold up now, but there was really goofy hum- humor where he would just, like, make weird noises because the people's mouths didn't line up. Like, he had run out of lines for the plot that he needed, and rather than just cutting and going to the next thing, he would, like do kind of that bad lip-reading thing that you see on Mm -hmm. YouTube now, before that was even a thing. Um, And did a lot of things that uh, I've seen in, you know, like, Tim and Eric-inspired type uh, comedy work now, where it's, like, recut over and over and something repeated to ad nauseum to where whenever it goes too far and then it's not funny and then it's funny again there were so many things that I saw in this movie for the first time that still remained part of my uh, comedic taste. Uh, Again, probably stuff that I could really leave behind and like, I thought was hilarious because I was 12. But um, even looking back on it, the fact that like this movie as a feat is super impressive to me. And I would quote it with my friends all the time. I just, we loved it. It was one of those movies that I watched over and over and over.
0: I'm just kind of pissed that it, got more tomatoes than Electra. Cause,
1: cause, Cause that is definitely a bad movie. Well, for sure. Oh no, I'm sure it is.
2: <laughs> Speaking of getting pissed about y'all's picks, getting more tomatoes, I'm going to bring in mine. Um, mine is uh, rated at 4%. Woo-woo. It's
0: Uh-oh. the
2: Mandy Moore, Diane Keaton movie called because yes. I said so. It is the lowest <laughs> on my list of low rated movies. This is a movie that I love. This isn't just like...
0: <laughs> like, this isn't you like it because it's bad. No, or not at all. You like it I love for a bad this movie. movie. You love this movie. I've rewatched all this right.
2: movie several times, including recently. This isn't something I like watched once in college, and i like, oh, I liked it. No, I've watched it within the past year. And um, if you had asked me, like, what do you think, because I said so, it was rated on Rotten Tomatoes? I would have been like, oh, you know... Most people probably don't have that high of an opinion of it. It's probably rated like a um, a forty-five or a fifty. To find out that it was rated four <laughs> percent, I was in One tenth. shock. I was in. I was gobsmacked. <sighs> like I couldn't believe it was that poorly rated. Um, this movie, If you heard that a movie was rated 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, you would... I'd burn
0: it to the ground. Yeah,
2: you would think, like, <laughs> oh, what a disaster of a film. Like, you would just think that it was really, really horrible. And this movie is really good. It's not great. It's not one of the best rom-coms ever. I understand that I have had a personal attachment to it that probably makes... I think it's better than it actually is. But... It's not a terrible movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just think it's a crime that it's rated this low and I think it is proof that the system is flawed. Um, this movie makes me cry. I think it has like beautiful moments in it. Diane Keaton is great as she always is. I have a special love for Mandy Moore. Um, so I would definitely recommend Warren Graham is in it. Warren Graham is in and it. Hyper great. Parabo. It's a fun cast. Um, Yeah, I love this movie. I watched it with my mom for the first time, and it's about... It's a rom-com, but it's also primarily about, like, a mother-daughter relationship. And that was, like, a really special moment for, like, us to have this... Watch this movie together. Um, I would highly recommend it. I also want to mention, as an honorable mention, another very low-rated movie on my list is Troop Beverly Hills. Um, It's rated 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. And... That this is a classic. I know so many people that adore this movie. I watched it over and over and over when I was a kid, and I have watched it recently, and I think it holds up. Um, And I really seeing like those two movies being rated as low as they are Uh really put into perspective how many of these movies on my list are have female protagonists, and Mm. I think it also says something big about the Rotten Tomato system because if I look at Because I Said So, which got a 4%. It has 156 Mm -hmm. different critics that reviewed this movie. And I really believe that Rotten Tomatoes should say how many of those critics are male and how many of them are female because I think that that would speak volumes about what kind of movies get really poorly rated on this site.
0: Agreed. I'd be interested to see what the highest rated rom-com is just in general. Because I feel like because of that skewing, um, rom-coms in general just aren't rated as highly as they Absolutely. probably should be.
2: They Guys, will, 10
1: Things really I aren't. Hate About You has a 16%. Isn't like, that crazy? What? That's really? another one on my yes. list.
2: Jeez. Yeah, it's okay. unreal. Okay. Yeah. Um, All
1: right.
2: Another great movie that I have on my list, Empire Records, is on here. Um,
0: That's true. Yeah.
2: Uh, a lot. There are some that I understand are niche, but I really do think are good. Like uh, one mm-hmm. in particular is John Tucker Must Die. That is like a high school comedy that I think is really, really clever, and um, it doesn't get a, a, the attention it deserves. I feel, um, mm-hmm. as well as like a bunch of classics like Hocus Pocus. Um, that's not like an amazing movie, but I do think there is something to be said. For nostalgia. And I don't think it should be winning awards for it. But I also don't think it should be as poorly rated as it is. Because Agreed. if, a movie, th- if I... people love a movie so much. That they watch it every single year on Halloween. <laughs> I do yeah. think that that's something to be noted.
0: Absolutely. I do think. Like when we watched these movies. They were not at a time where you could go online. And look and see like. Okay what do other people think about this movie. Right, It's just do I like it? Do my friends like it? That kind of thing. Absolutely. And I do feel like because of where we are in culture, we can find a film and say, no, people didn't like it. So I'm not going to watch it. And I do think that's a shame. I think, I think whether it's through Twitter or just your friends, you should be around people who are a good barometer for the things that you will like Um, and go off what they say, not off just what the general public says.
2: And if you are, Um, a woman or part of any type of minority group it would do you well to find critics that are part of that same group or that have like that group's best interest in heart so you can find out like what movies that they recommend because I follow a lot of female critics that recommend movies that I would have never heard about otherwise if I had just listened to all the male critics that are like surrounding us so I would definitely advise for that as well
1: yeah, I think it's so important to validate your own experience whenever you go to a movie, whether you love it or hate it, no matter what someone else is saying about it. I remember going to see uh, Land of the Lost in 2009, the Will Ferrell movie. And again, I feel bad that I'm like talking about older comedies that I can't remember over and over or can't remember all the way through because I'm like, maybe there's stuff in there that I wouldn't like now or like would uh, consciously object to. But (laughs) whenever I saw Land of the Lost, I cried. I was laughing so loud. Like it was me and all of my friends just couldn't stand how funny it was. And then afterwards we heard that everyone hated it. And now, you know, it's like a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. But it was so funny in that moment and like a really precious like memory that I have with those friends and like it it's almost it's just like important to hold on to that like no that's a funny movie for me that's a good point a good part of my life a good point of my friendship with these people and uh you know there's tons of biases that influence that um people's perception and stuff that gets talked about in the media but I think regardless of where the um the source is coming from like Just treasure them. Treasure those moments whenever you're enjoying something, because that's the juice, man. Yeah.
0: It is. That is the juice. I agree. For sure.
1: Sorry, that was very... (laughs) No,
2: that's good. You're
0: good. (laughs) So overall, I think we would love to hear from you guys. What are some movies that you think are way underrated? I would definitely check out Sandra's list. We'll put a link in the show notes. We'll Um, We'll
2: tweet a link to it as well.
0: We will also tweet a link to it. Uh, but check out Rotten Tomatoes. Check out the bottom of their list. There's some There's some movies in there that would surprise you.
2: Really, though? There really are. Like, I, I couldn't... There were so many that I was really surprised. It's true. Even ones that, like, I didn't see, so I didn't, like, include them in my list. But I would see on the rating and just be like, wow, how is that rated so low? Yeah. And yeah. I just want to, like state again that it's i'm not surprised by a lot of these that like some people didn't like them i'm surprised like what a huge percentage reviewed them poorly when i liked Mm -hmm. them so much you know Um, and what that means for other people seeing that rating for the first time if they haven't seen that movie
0: well that about wraps it up for us so until next week um, until then, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter at feeling it pod and on Facebook at facebook.com feelingitpod feeling it pod. Um, guys, where people, where can people find you individually throughout the week?
2: I'm Sandra and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow me on Instagram because I'm having a lot of fun with Instagram stories lately. Um, my handle is Sandra Amstetz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. I'm also, I will also tweet out a link to the badge podcast episode that I'm on this week. So make sure to tune into that.
1: You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Lawson West. I am also on Letterboxd so you can see what I'm watching, but yeah, would love to hear from you uh send me a uh, tweet comment to say hey
0: and you can find me at lucas and stuff just about everywhere right now i'm about to go through and watch all of the x-men movies so if you check me out on letterbox i will be definitely talking about that so all right we well, right, we'll talk to you guys later adios
1: thanks bye thank you bye now goodbye go
0: away. i'll see you soon
1: okay
2: that's it go home Yep. Yeah. move along
1: padre goodbye old friend
2: that's
1: it that's our show for tonight people